Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. Today's podcast was recorded about a month ago when things were still just starting to shut down and I could feel the heaviness all around me. So I invited my friend Katie McLean to come on to talk about trauma and processing it. And now as we're moving into some states opening back up and the experience of living through this for a while, over a month now, I think it's still time to process all of these big feelings. I can't wait for you to learn all the tips Katie gives. I am so excited today to share one of my internet friends with you. I became friends with Katie McLean back when Periscope was a thing. Do you remember the Periscope days, Katie? Yes. Yes. Uh, I And I remember you were an early adopter. You seem to be an early adopter of many things, which is great. I try. It's yeah. play for me. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I don't even know what happened to Periscope, actually. It got taken over by sex bots and Neanderthal uh, comments, I think. I don't know uh, if it even exists, but then people stopped using it because of the... Yeah. Yeah, there were problems or uh-huh. something with it. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't working well for live feeds anymore. Right. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I'm Katie McLean. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner, which we put at the end of our name, SEP. Um, and uh, I'm a nervous system specialist. I work with adults and children to help them... Um, release stress and trauma and um, my kind of the subtitle of my business is growing up kind because what I what I started to realize as I healed my own trauma was there were parts of me that were growing up that had never had a chance to grow up because I had early in developmental traumas and um, I don't know one day the phrase growing up kind just struck me and I was like oh that's it that's what I'm 
helping other people do too. And um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I can get into somatic experiencing, talk a little bit of that, about that if you'd like. I uh, want to mention really quickly one of, the, one of the interventions besides somatic experiencing, I also am a co-regulating, co-regulating touch practitioner, which means typically clients would come into my office, lay on a massage table fully clothed, and I would contact kidney adrenal or brainstem or different parts of their body to help them regulate their nervous system. That's one of the things I offer. And um, I actually am doing that virtually as well. And it's been quite effective to do that virtually too, um, which is, it sounds weird, but it it actually works. (laughs) Uh, And um, it sounds woo woo, you know, (laughs) but it's pretty interesting how it works. And then the other um, modality that I use is the safe and sound protocol who you know, many of your listeners may have heard of. Um, it was created by Dr. Stephen Porges, who is the author of polyvagal theory, which is a whole theory of the autonomic nervous system. I'm sure you know about mm-hmm. it, and probably a lot of your listeners know about it. Um, so I use the Safe and Sound protocol in my practice, and it's been really interesting and useful for clients. And I also use, I'm currently in a trial of the Safe and Sound protocol light which is a lighter version, kind of an entry-level, kinder, easier version. It's not quite so demanding on the neurophysiology as the safe and sound protocol. So I'm in a trial of that this month. Very cool. Very cool. So Katie saw my Facebook post a couple days ago where I decided to label this whole COVID-19 thing as trauma Mm because I think it is trauma for the whole world right now. Kids have Mm -hmm. left schools without saying goodbye. People are now removed from their normal social circles. We can't gather in groups at all in some states. My state, I can still gather, but I don't know if it's safe. Um, And it's just heavy on the whole world. So I wanted to invite Katie on here to talk about how we can process this with her tips and skill set so we can label it and help our kids and help our communities. Yeah, and um, trauma is definitely accurate. It's, it's interesting because for some people, just the notion, like you said, of kids being yanked from school without getting to say goodbye and without having a real ending mm-hmm. to their school year and things like that. For some children and adults, that in and of itself could end up being a trauma for them. Mm-hmm. What ends up really turning into trauma, though, are these days and days and days of stress. So this accumulated stress builds up. And if we're not um, noticing it, actively working with it to release it, it can turn into trauma that's stuck in our body. Okay. That's That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I had a mom email me today in my membership community, and I sent a message out saying, you know, I'm here to help talk and listen to things that people are doing just on a friendship level. Um, And she was saying, you know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I notice that I'm eating foods that I don't normally eat and I'm feeling like my shoulders are tight. She's like, I don't think that I'm stressed out, but I'm showing all these signs of it. So that's the beginning of this, huh? Yeah. And um, one of the things I want to say is when we have trauma, so So just the sense of having no control, Mm -hmm. that 
right there is an indication that we have trauma or that we're being traumatized. Okay. So that lack of control is really scary for pretty much anybody. Mm -hmm. And depending on how much capacity you have in your nervous system, it's going to affect us all differently. But one of the things I want to say is if you are starting to do things to help you cope, I want to encourage you to I want to encourage you to not make yourself wrong for that. So not beat yourself up mm -hmm. for, let's say you're just really craving chocolate and there's chocolate in the house yep. and you've just got to eat it while it's there. Um, it's a coping mechanism and it's really one of the brilliant things that our nervous system and our bodies do to help us keep moving forward. I which love is, that. Thank you for yeah. giving that permission to people. Yeah. I mean, you know, these can develop into patterns that we then want to shift mm -hmm. at some point. Right. So but for I'm right not now. It's okay. Yeah. If you need an extra glass of wine, have an extra glass of wine if it helps calm you down. I'm not promoting alcoholism right. or <laughs> overeating or anything like that. I'm just saying like, sometimes we're going to have coping mechanisms that are going to just help get us through. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just the way it works. And it, it's, it actually can be, I noticed for myself and for my clients, when I share this little aspect, for a lot of them, it's very relieving in and of itself. Uh -huh. Yeah, right? there's not something wrong with me for feeling like I need to eat more chocolate right now or have exactly. a glass of wine when I don't normally drink. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, right. Um, you know, this kind of a situation that we're in, which I've never been in a situation like this. All of us, none of us have, right? None of us have, right? We did the math. You'd have to be, if you were born in 1918, you'd be 102 right now. So, you, right. yeah, you wouldn't have any memory of it. Not exactly. That you would remember. Yeah. But the interesting, I'm glad, it's just really interesting you brought that up. Um there is a whole field of trauma research called epigenetics, okay. which you may have heard of, you may have talked mm -hmm. about before, Christy. Um, and they've actually done studies where the cellular memory can get passed down oh, from wow. one generation to the next. One of the first uh, groups they did this study with was um, grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. Wow where they measured their stress levels and they saw that there was this, you know, they were in, they were safe, these mm -hmm. people, and they had these high levels of cortisol and, you know, it's just, a, it's yeah. very interesting. They've done other studies since then. So it's possible that if someone in your family was affected by the Spanish flu of 1918, mm -hmm. that there is some memory in your cells that has been passed down um that gets to be you know yeah. so we can't we can't know we for know. sure mm -hmm. there's but it, it's the point is is that when we're in a really highly stressful situation mm -hmm. like this it's tr it may be triggering either some kind of trauma you've had in your life mm -hmm. or really stressful season you had in your life or it could be trauma triggering you know, uh, transgenerational types of traumas too. That's good to know that yeah. there's all sorts of things that could be happening and it's yeah. just going to happen right now. Like, right. And, and, but there's things you can do about it. So there's okay. things to understand about it. So, so I'll just say just a really brief bit about the nervous system. Yeah. 
um, the autonomic nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system is that part of our nervous system that's responding automatically. So it's our breathing, our digestion, um, you know, um, there's all kinds of automatic things happening uh-huh. inside our bodies all the time, every day. The people, most people have probably heard of the sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. which is responsible for fright, flight, and fight. Mm-hmm. So three F's actually. Okay. Um, so fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something happens, like maybe when this first happened, there may have been a lot of mobilization in your system, a lot of wanting to do, 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 mm-hmm. go run, gather. Run, run. That's why the toilet yeah. paper disappeared for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? And the like, I think that's the most obvious example of this nation. Right. In the United States. Mm-hmm. People. And mobilized. you might. <laughs> exactly. And you might notice also that your kids were really active and really hyper for a little while. They might still be. Uh-huh. That indicates that they're in their sympathetic nervous system. There's nothing wrong with that. It's one of the first things that happens when when there's a stress stressor or there's some sense that our body um, tunes into that we're not safe. So probably even before like it got super serious, there were people who were feeling something Mm -hmm. and they weren't really aware. Dr. Porges, who uh, came up with polyvagal theory, is the author of it. He, he coined a term called neuroception. Okay. So things that are happening inside our body and outside of our body are tuning us into and letting us know, am I safe right now? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I not safe? What's safe? what's not safe. Like, so that's always happening all the time, all around us, no matter what's going on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, sympathetic is the first level Mm -hmm. and it's, this is a hierarchical theory theory. Okay. So the first thing that will pop up for most of us is this sympathetic nervous system and where we'll want to do, do stuff. You know, like I noticed last week I was hyper into helper mode Uh and I didn't realize that. Me too. <laughs> I wasn't just in a calm helper mode. I was in a like, I have, I must help people. I was really intensely. You know, a superhero moment. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I actually said that while interviewing a guest that I was like, but I took a break and I read a book. I didn't let, I took a five minute superhero break is actually how I phrased that. I was like, oh, huh. Didn't yeah. expect those words to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good way to say it, although <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I feel like I was a superhero. But, like, I was, but that's like, sort of adrenaline rush that you think Clark Clint would get, like, you know, exa- someone yeah. in trouble and you want to help them. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I actually had this really strong sense of butterflies. Uh-huh. It wasn't anxiety in my belly. It was like excitement. But I really... It's very interesting because I noted that, wow, this is a really intense amount of butterflies for me, like mm-hmm. more than I'm used to. And I, I made a little note, even in the midst of it, like this is going to be really useful for me to note what happens after. Uh-huh. And and what happened after was it was it was it ended up be too too much. I had to pull back some offers that I had put out. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I had gotten prior approval, I had right. to pull those back. And so it was kind of an interesting thing. 
Um, and it, it can show up in all different ways, yeah. like, you know, toilet paper buying, our kids being, you know, hyper, hyper. Hyper yeah. is a good word, actually, for the sympathetic nervous system because so much energy mobilizes in our system uh-huh. and that's what makes us strong that's what makes us be able to lift cars off <laughs> off children if it falls you know things yep. like that there's just incredible amount of power is mobilized in our nervous system in that that's good Actually, to know yeah throughout the whole thing now that's the sympathetic nervous okay. system okay? okay there's this other branch called the parasympathetic Okay. which is often thought of as rest and digest. Okay. And there's two parts of the parasympathetic. One is the ventral vagal, which is um, associated with social engagement. Okay. So imagine that has gotten turned off for a lot of people, just like wham. Uh-huh. And also orienting to safety. Oh, So yeah. Yeah, which we're <laughs> going to talk. One of the activities I'm going to give you is, is about fantastic helping us do that. The other branch of the parasympathetic is the dorsal vagal, and this one is in, involved in a defense response of fawn and freeze. Ooh. Now, fawn is, you probably know what that is. It's like, let's say we feel like somebody near us or somebody is around us, and there's something about them that doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. We'll start to be more pleasant ourselves mm. and start and be more likable and and will act in ways that are not really authentically us mm-hmm. but are ways that are like if I if I behave this way then I'll be safe gotcha. now people with early and developmental trauma are really good at it people pleasing is an example of fawning gotcha. okay yep but it can happen with anyone yeah um, it can t- it turn it can turn into a pattern though for some people. So remember those coping yeah. mechanisms yep. we talked about earlier. People pleasing is a coping mechanism. If it's a if it's something that is just a real um, an issue for mm-hmm. us, that is, I mean, and you've met people like this, Absolutely. I'm sure, in your life, right? Where it's like, why can't they be real with me? What's uh-huh. you know, you can't quite figure out who they really are, and uh-huh. that's because. The- they're just in people pleasing a lot, Be- and that's because they don't—they—they don't feel safe. That's Aww. the reason they're doing that. And actually, understanding that sort of thing can can bring more compassion, don't Absolutely. you think? Absolutely, yeah. I just want to go think Aww, about those okay. people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But even saying it's okay to someone like that, no, is it's not, not gonna. Yeah, they're not ready <laughs> it's like for that. Ship them out. Yeah. Now the the other part, the freeze, is if. Our body determines, so that neuroception Uh that's happening in our body determines that we are not safe. And fighting, running, uh, people-pleasing, any of those things are not going to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. Our body will shut down, and we will go into freeze. Now, it's also called collapse, um, and uh, it's different for everyone. There's forms of functional freeze where people are still kind of moving through life, but... Uh but they're not really fully present. They're not in the here and Uh now so much. Um, People who are stuck in freeze can just be exhausted all the time, have find really hard time motivating themselves. They may have like, their mind may have all these ideas for things they want to do and they just can't make themselves do it. I have been there actually. I have been in that place. Um, I have a lot of compassion for that as well. (laughs) I I can imagine like that just sounds hard. Yeah, it's hard. And if you think about it, you probably can think of 
yeah. people you know or you've met along the, the way, everybody listening, I'm sure, either they can recognize it in themselves yep. or they're like, oh, that's what's happening with so-and-so or mm-hmm. I remember that person and, you know, and I'm only suggesting that you think that because it's it, it's, it helps to make it real yeah. and it also helps to, like I said before, kind of bring some compassion for another human for what they might be going through. So someone who's stuck in freeze or stuck in fight or flight, and, uh-huh. and, and believe me, we can go back and forth also between freeze and fight or flight. Um, you can bounce back and uh-huh. forth. That means there is some trauma stuck in the nervous system. Okay. Okay. And that's the work I do to help yeah. people release that trauma. Um, so those are, that's, what's, that's what happens in our nervous system with, with this kind of stress that is, that is all around us right uh-huh. now. You have thoughts or questions or anything do you want to say about that? So this is happening like so all around us all these big things are happening with COVID-19 and shutdowns and kids coming home and financial stress layoffs all sorts of things so we're all feeling this sort of collective energy even if we don't recognize it right yeah probably like mm-hmm. we're all as a whole world right now. Yeah absolutely yeah and You know, the thing about, you know, a trauma response or a stress Mm -hmm. response is, you know, we we tend to go into our left brain and Mm -hmm. try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. What's happening? uh, What can I do? What can I change? What can I, you know, there's this, there's this tendency to be stuck in our thinking. The problem solve it out. Right. Which, you know, there's a certain amount of things you can Mm -hmm. do to solve and, and, Mm -hmm. and help make your life better in the with yep. the circumstances we're under, but no amount of changing your thoughts, which, and this is why I didn't want to start with my yeah, books because absolutely. they're about changing your right. thoughts. Yeah. Um, no amount of doing that will keep us, um, will help us, will, will keep us from going back to that right. sort of, uh, disaster type thinking. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And, but we, but as humans, the good news is, so, well, let me just say a little bit about, so when we're in, as soon as we start going into our sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. into the stress response, and then we move down into our parasympathetic dorsal vagal mm-hmm. response, our brain, our, our thinking brain actually starts to shut down. That's good to know. So there are times when you're kind of freaked out and you can't figure out what to do next. Right. Absolutely. Right? Had that happen. <laughs> yes. Right. And this is a time where that could be happening for someone. Now, is trauma too big of a word for this, Katie? Um, it, it's, it really varies. I, mean, okay. I got to plug in my computer. Sorry. Yeah. I, I realized the plug had come out. Um, <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I was going to lose you if I didn't do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Because I, I had a chat with someone over Instagram and they're like, you know, that word feels big, like it should only be used for the really horrific things in life, you know? Well, um, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I actually understand that that point mm-hmm. of view, yeah. that person, because for a lot of people, when they hear the word trauma, they think of some kind of really terrible thing that has happened in a person's life. Right. I think you of, know? you know, SVU TV shows and... Uh-huh. Or a car crash <laughs> uh-huh. that was really, really a bad mm-hmm. car crash or something like that. And those are definitely traumatic. But the thing is, not everybody be, is traumatized from those types of events. That's good to know. Only, 
only truly about 25% of people remain traumatized okay. from events like that. Yeah. Okay. So this is a traumatic um, moment, but not necessarily causing us trauma right now. Right. We're more, what's more true is that we're in a collective stress response. Okay. I like that. Okay. Yep. And like I had, I I don't know if we were recording yet, but one of the things I said earlier is long-term high stress levels can develop into trauma. Okay. Where we have trauma stuck in our nervous system. Okay. And so let's say, you know, in a month, everything's okay, or hopefully less uh -huh. than that, but whenever. I know, our fingers are crossed. <laughs> our prayers it's, are being sent. So at some point, our, everything's okay. We're back hugging as many uh -huh. people as we possibly right. can. No more social gonna distancing. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're going to miss hugging people. Uh, I do. I already miss uh -huh. hugging people. Um, and... You know, things are seem to be going fine in our worlds. Our jobs are back to normal. All of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff gets back to normal. And then we start having strange symptoms and things. That may be an indication that there's some, some of that stress energy got mm -hmm. stuck in your nervous system. Okay, that's so, good to know. So <laughs> what can we do now in this moment yeah. and since we're aware? So that, you know, that disaster type of thinking that we have, one of the things that we have the ability to do with our human brains, which animals, other mammals do not have this, is shift into another way of thinking. So um, uh, resource. So resourcing is a really great tool. But I, this is, it's the tool I teach my clients probably very first when I start working with them. So a resource is anything in your life that brings you a sense of goodness or pleasure or happiness, just something yeah. neutral or better, uh -huh. a feeling of neutral or better that doesn't cost you anything. So your kids, mm -hmm. you know, you know, when you're in a calm, quiet moment and everybody's calm and quiet mm -hmm. and you're just thinking about their sweet little faces, their adorable little um, ways they speak to you. Yeah. Their, when they're the asleep, their beautiful when cherub faces. <laughs> exactly, their cherub faces when they're asleep. It could also be animals. So yeah. if you have pets or even if you love looking at like like the penguins wandering around the zoo, yeah. the aquarium, that just made me so happy. And so that was a resource for me. Um, and there's like so many resources out there if we look for them. Uh -huh. we, we have to look for them. So actually looking out your window at a tree mm -hmm. or a bud that's starting to peek out mm -hmm. through the snow right now. Yeah. Or a new flower or um, people walking past your house with their dog and chatting. Uh -huh. Things like that that bring any kind of pleasant sense to you is a resource. Fantastic. So, do you have something you want to share, Christy? Well, I just want to share one of my favorite resources are all the birds in my backyard right now. That mm -hmm. We've been really taking time to notice the birds, and I didn't know that that was a strategy. Like, they've been overwhelming mm -hmm. the noise. Um, the, the bird noise has been yeah, overwhelming. but not like in a bad way, just in a like, wow, I'm really noticing this more sort of way. I don't remember this last year when I lived here because it's our mm -hmm. second spring here. So nice, nice. And so then what you do, so first, the first thing you do is you just kind of notice something or you remember something. Uh -huh. And it's a good idea to write down some resources that you can then go to if you're really kind of freaking out about something. Uh -huh. 
So once you then have a few, yeah. you know, maybe get five, get a handful. Um, then what I want to do is think about those birds. I don't know if you can hear them right now, but you can think about them uh -huh. right now. Yeah. And notice what that what kind of sensation or what kind of what kinds of things do you notice inside your body when you think about this abundance of birds that are singing and happy and and yeah. however they're expressing themselves I feel tension release in like my shoulders and i smirk a little bit because you know i imagine the bird chasing each other around yeah yeah it's perfect that's it. and so that's what you do with it you actually Bring that resource into your body and oh, notice wow. yeah. the shift. You notice the shift. So for some people, it might be, oh, I notice this warm feeling in my chest or my tummy. Uh -huh. Or like you, oh, wow, my shoulders relaxed when uh -huh. I really thought about that and checked in with my body what I noticed. It's, it's exactly how you do it. And, That's fantastic. Um, you know, there's other things you can do that, that probably many people know, like, grounding yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like feeling your feet on the ground, feeling your bottom sitting mm -hmm. in the chair, really notice how you're right here right now. And there's no immediate threat. Mm -hmm. There's I, I'm actually safe. Yep. Right yep. here and right now. Now, not everybody can do that. I just want to mention that. Okay. Because if there's some trauma stuck in your body, you may have a hard time with some of these. So I just want to bring that little caveat in because I don't want someone to feel like there's something wrong with them if they can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so resourcing is a great way and you have to actually use your prefrontal cortex to be able to go to go from, I'm really worried right now to wait, let me remember one of my resources and let me notice what that feels like in my body. Ah, yeah. You know, so there's that, that shift that you can create and you can do this with your kids. It's a great I was exercise. I say, yeah. yeah. This is such Just, a simple one. I can see my 12-year-old really being helped by this, especially right around bedtime when she's getting, can feel all the extra energy built up from the day right now. Yeah. And of course, you know, like if there is a lot of sympathetic energy, if mm -hmm. there is a lot of hyper kind of energy, find, figure out ways to move yeah, with your kids. Absolutely. You <laughs> More outside time. I think every homeschooler who's tried to talk to public schoolers coming home are like, please spend hours outside right now if you can. Like mm -hmm. we all know we all need a lot of movement right now. Right, right. And and if you can't get outside, right. there's ways you can move inside your house too. Yep, so absolutely. Right. You know, it is a privilege to be able to go outside. So Yes. And take advantage of, you know, various videos that are being offered for mm -hmm. movement and different things that you can do on video with your kids. You know, hook up your laptop to your TV. Oh, if yeah. you have the technology, go ahead and do that. Yep. Um, we, the other night we did, a, <laughs> my, my husband and I uh, met with three of our friends over Zoom and we did charades over Zoom. Oh, that's and so fun. It was totally fun. It was a little wonky, you know, yeah. because when one person's talking, <laughs> you can't hear the other. It's, it was a little, but we, it was fine. We did it for like 90 minutes and it was a great, it was, it was a great little thing to do. And I'll tell you the whole 90 minutes, I did not think about the virus. Right. Yeah. So it's magical that way. Oh yes. And like, and you're an expert on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're great at that. So, um, so that, that sort of, um, disaster thinking that we tend to do, you've probably heard the term negativity bias. Mm -hmm. We can easily shift out of our negativity bias. Not, not always easily for everyone, but there are things you can do. Resourcing is a great one. The thing you mentioned too, um, Christy, about the birds and you talked about the sound, Mm -hmm. like orienting and this is one of the can I give the activity I was yeah, going to give yeah, kids please, right yeah. now so, so this is Katie's play idea for everyone yeah so this one's somebody something everybody already does probably with their kids or has done at some point but you can play I spy with my little eye and but we're going to do it a little bit different than you normally would and um you know this relates to the ventral vagal system of your autonomic nervous system, which is that part of your body that's orienting to safety. Okay. And one of the ways Christy already talked about orienting to safety was hearing the birds in her backyard. Mm -hmm. So you notice this sound that was soothing and pleasant. And then what you do with that is you notice inside what you also feel, but you can use just your traditional eye spy with my little eye. Preferably you keep, you keep your um, head turning at a horizontal level. So you're not tipping your head up and okay. down. You're letting Just... your eyes, if there's something above that is, okay. that is a curiosity for you, you're letting your eyes notice it by going up or down. Okay. So, um, and, and what you want to do is treat, pretend, imagine that your eyes have magnets in them. And see what is drawn into your, with that magnet uh-huh. into your eyesight. So I spy with my little eye, and I'm just going to do it right now with, you know, just to give you an example. And I know nobody can see me, but, oh, there's this flower, this, this fabric flower that my friend gave me. And it's gr- uh, really deep, lovely green and orange and gold. And it's on, I strapped it to a lamp over there. And when I think about that, I actually think about my friend. And when I think about this friend of mine, I feel a nice warm feeling in my chest. So you're adding the little bit that I did with the, yeah. with the resourcing. You're adding that to the I spy with my little eye game where you're noticing, you're just letting your kids, letting yourself be curious wherever you are. Yeah. So in a particular room, whatever room you're in, if you go outside and play in the front yard, you're just letting your eyes go where they want to do, imagining that they're magnets and seeing what jumps into your view. Typically, what's going to jump into your view are those things that are pleasant, are those things that are interesting and curious. They're not going to be threat type of things, typically, okay, when you're doing yeah. this. And that's what we want. So if you have someone in your family that is tending to see scary things, uh-huh. And this may not be an activity to do with them, okay? Right, Because yeah. it's, it's not going to yeah. be helpful. But you can do it with your sight, your sound. You can also, like, play a game where maybe you have a few objects out on a table in front of you and you put a little light blindfold uh-huh. on and you let your kids do it with feel. Like, yeah. I spy with my little fingers and, you know, something soft, something yeah. maybe a little bit little bit pokey, but not too pokey. Something yeah, some good sensory inputs. Exactly. And and then notice, like, 
have them find the thing that feels the most pleasant to them and then ask them to see what do you notice inside when you're touching that cotton ball? Where do you notice the cotton ball inside your body yeah. or whatever yeah. it is or the, the fuzzy animal or mm-hmm. whatever it is? Yeah, that's a really great activity. Super simple um, mm-hmm. and a good way to help kids figure out what those feelings might feel like from the yeah. resources before yeah. we talk about those sort of things. Right. So now these are things that are going to help us shift. I want to uh-huh. tell you one little quick thing about, let's say there is this sort of pervasive like worry mm-hmm. that you can't seem to take yourself away from. Uh-huh. Here's what I want you to try and do. I want you to try and go to a resource or try to orient uh-huh. and stay there for a few seconds with that thing that's either neutral or above neutral, mm-hmm. pleasant, happy, yeah. glad, whatever. Stay there for a little bit and then go back to the worry. Uh-huh. Find it in your body. Find the very outside edges of it. Do not go into the middle of the worry. Okay. Okay. Because you're going to get. Yeah. Don't go in the middle. You're going to get good at noticing. Oh, if I can notice what a pleasant feeling feels like in my body, you're going to start noticing what a not so pleasant feeling feels like in your body. Gotcha. But I want you very, very, this is so important, to only start with the outside edges. And for some people, the outside edge might be five feet away from their body. Uh-huh. It, it might be that big. Yeah. For some people, it might be like, oh, it fills up like my diaphragm area or something okay. like that. Yeah. So you go to the outside edge. You stay there for 10 seconds. Notice it. You're just describing it. It's black. It's uh, it's smooth. It's... Um, it's moving. It's got this vibration happening and I feel tingling. So you stay there long enough to describe it. Then you shift your attention back to the pleasant thing, Uh whatever pleasant thing you can be with. What might be opening your eyes and looking at someone who you love right Uh there. That that could be another way to shift out and notice what shifts in your body and what a a lot of times will happening with the I spy, Mm -hmm. with the resourcing, with the shifting back and forth is you'll notice this spontaneous breath happen or you'll notice relaxation in various places start to happen. Awesome. Thank you, Katie. If you do this back and forth thing, which Mm -hmm. is, this is one really best done with someone Uh like me. Right. But I want to offer it just as a, something that if you just can't Uh get the worry to stop, it's something you could try. Um, If you shift... So you start with the resource, go in, check out the sensation that's not so fun, not so pleasant. Outside edges, describe it, go back to the positive thing. Then check back in with the negative thing. You will notice that thing has gotten less negative. You'll notice it's less intense, less, as long as you did it the way I described uh-huh. it. Okay. Right. As long as you stick to the edges. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're not just never go into the middle of it. Because it could, it could lead to overwhelm, and we don't want that to happen. Right. Now is not that moment. You need a helper if you're going to. Yes. You need a helper for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so one thing I just want to mention for moms as, a, as maybe a quiet activity, a lot of moms I know already keep gratitude journals, mm-hmm. or you might be just journaling about what's happening during this time right mm-hmm. now. And, and I would expect that with your journaling, there are some positive things in there that are happening. So, yes. you know, I'm really worried. And, you know, my kid drew me a picture today. Yeah. Which is so sweet, right? Uh-huh. So on those things that are positive, I want you to do that same thing we did with a sensation and really focus on that 
lovely little thing that happened in your day or that grat want pick one of those gratitude uh-huh. items and really feel that in your body find the sensation find the the goodness or the release or the relaxation associated with that that's fantastic i love that I just got all tingles because the big thing I thought of was my 13-year-old holding my hand, right? Like that's Aww. such a, a magic moment to have a teenager yeah. like come up and hold your hand independently. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for ma- helping me feel all that warm, golden gooeyness again. You're so, thank you're so you. welcome. Yeah, that's so great. So where can people find you, Katie? Because we'll have to have you back to talk about Thought Monsters again. Because that was really meaningful work for my family to go through your Thought Monster book. It was. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad. Yay. I'm so, so glad. Um, Yeah. And those books can help. This is is definitely a time. I'm actually thinking of doing something with the... the digital version of Mm -hmm. the book and adding some of these little activities Uh that I've just shared with you beforehand so that they have those to as a little resource to use and then go through the book. Um, But they could use their podcast and do the same thing. (laughs) But my website is uh, www.katiemcclain.com and it's K-A-T-I-E-M-C-C-L- a-I-N.com. There's lots of ways to spell it. So yeah, and that will be in the show notes all linked up for you too. So yeah, yeah. So and you know, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions. And my email is just katie at katiemcclain.com. And um, you know, I, I'm on social media, which I can send you those links. And yeah. you're welcome to ask me questions there too. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and helping us enrich our tool basket of or you know gather our resources gather our flowers that will help us in this moment so thank you oh you're you're very welcome it was really fun talking with you christy thank you okay i'm gonna press end on here it's my hope that today's episode while a little bit longer than normal filled your bucket up with tools and tricks to talk about i can't wait to do the sensory tray with my kids and talk about where they feel different feelings in their body. I know that the more we talk about things, the more manageable they are. That's what I learned from Mr. Rogers. So when you can mention something, it becomes manageable. So keep talking with your kids about these hard feelings and this grief and all the changes. Keep it at an age appropriate level, but Don't be afraid. They need you right now. You are the right parent for your kids and your kids are totally the right kids for you. Continue the conversation by joining our new Facebook group for everyday motherhood fans. For next week's topic, I have an expert on brain breaks that I've talked to. I can't wait to share all the tricks with you.